Welcome to the new. Every experience with God's Word promises to be refreshing and transformational. Receive today's message with high expectations as it brings power, light, and a fresh anointing to your life. And what is most important is not for you to come and teach a doctrine or a message that you feel is great to be heard in this season. What is most important is what the Holy Spirit wants his people to hear. Because he is, and Jesus Christ is the head of the church. And he's the one who has gathered us together. It's the one who knows what we need per time. And that's why I believe that this teaching um, is very crucial and very important. I have not done a teaching on money in the new. Um, I think I must have said it here and there, maybe with the leaders. But we've not taken a whole month to teach on money and prosperity, particularly when he speaks about money. Um, two years or three years ago, we had a series called Blossom. And we thought about it, I think it was two Sundays, but we didn't go into the depths like we intend to today. One of the best things to do when you want to learn how to swim, I don't know how to swim, but when you want to learn how to swim, what the swimming teacher right would say is you need to relax and be all right so they ask you they put you in the water and they ask you to trust that the water will not carry you away many of us that don't know how to swim to today is because the only person we trust is god we don't want to trust the water so my faith looks up to thee I don't want to trust water. Most people who learn how to swim would learn how to trust the water and just relax their body, and that way you can swim. Can everyone hear me? How are you? I'm just whining in. So, I would be teaching very deep things yet today. And in this series. In fact, my advice would be this. If you can listen with rapt attention, please do. If you can take notes here and there, please do. But don't let your notes be a distraction. So if you can just listen and go back home and listen to that message or this message again. And one of the things that I found is every one of us in this room and everyone joining online, there are certain things that we never had the power of choice. And most of these things, and every one of us where we are today, statistics shows that 50% of the decisions that makes you or puts you where you are now 
50% were decisions you could not make yourself that people had to make for you. Wow. The other 50% that can erase the other 50% forever is the decisions you made yourself. I'll give an example. When they gave birth to you, they were setting things you could not decide. Number one, you could not decide what you will eat. My baby cannot wake up and say, sell it like I want. She can't say it yet. You couldn't decide what you would eat. The most important institutions that would change your life was not decided by you. It was decided by your parents who only had a knowledge of you but not the fullness of, your, of you. So the school that you went to, both from your nursery to your primary to your secondary and many of you to your university and even many of you to the course that you are studying or you studied was greatly influenced and decided by your parents. So it means that every association you met in that journey, that singular decision gave you the relationship that you met. The exposure that you had, that singular decision gave you that exposure. If your father decides and says you are going to go to Cambridge, for example, and you go to Cambridge, the kind of people you meet in Cambridge is different from the kind of people you meet at Igomode High School. They are different. Even to the institution of your church, many of you could not make that decision until a particular age. And so that tells us that in our formative year until about 20 something, almost some people 30 and some people even till they are 50, they are still making decisions for you. Your journey was totally at some point, even to now, directed by your parents. And that's not bad. Now, there are three institutions, according to society, that is designed to give a man, and when I talk about man, both men and female, the totality of what they know and who they might become. Three institutions. Number one, the family institution. Number two, the, the, univ- the, the tertiary, secondary, or primary institution. And number three is the church. If you look deep into your life, I can almost tell that 80% of what you know, and statistics shows it, was given to you by those three institutions. Your family, your church, or the universities and the school, or the primary school, or the secondary school that you went to. Even to the friends that you keep, they are only found most times in those three. You meet them in those three. Now then, the most important things in life, one of the most important things in life, unfortunately, was not taught in those three institutions. You never went to a school that taught you 
how to make money if you went to one God helped you they teach you the Y, the X and has absolutely no business with your life because you are not waking up every day and solving that the Y, the X no institution teaches you marriage not even in your university and these are bedrock of society so the bedrock of society has literally been neglected by the three institutions that should actually form the life of an individual and now what even makes it more worse is when we come to church the moment we mention money people are uncomfortable the moment the theme of your service is called money people are uncomfortable knowing fully well that the reason why we have gathered is Christ but if there is no money to gather us like this we will not be gathered today I will teach some very deep things this month is you you and I on this journey that is why I say to people once you come of age where you can start making decisions you had better make the best right decisions because the track record already shows you that people made decisions for you based on the level of knowledge that they know of you so when you have that opportunity to start making your own decisions then you had better start making the best decisions I know parents who have called me over and again to report their sons, their daughters to me. And while I love that and I always honor that, it puts a sad responsibility on the church and as a pastor that literally what that tells me is that what couldn't be done in the family institution is actually then passed on to the church. When someone doesn't graduate school, well... The, 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 the family calls the pastor because the responsibility now most times is now on the church I remember one pastor saying one day that in the middle of the night somebody was calling him a very popular pastor calling him, he didn't want to pick the call it was ending the call middle of the night so it I said, okay, maybe it's emergency, maybe there's a problem. So he picked the call. And the person said, ah, pastor, this Nigeria is just very bad. As I was driving, I just entered into one gallop, and my tire busted. pastor was thinking to himself, okay, okay, what, what do you want me to do now? Because the responsibility is now in the church. You know what? Clap for every church in this country. Clap. Clap. Next thing. Rise and clap for every sensible pastor that is teaching the word of God. Clap. Clap. Now, clap for the new pastors. Your pastors, clap. So the whole work of society 
is now in the church. I saw a tweet yesterday and I started laughing. Someone tweeted and said, Russia is destroying Ukraine. What is the church doing? God. Am I supposed to go and meet Putin? Everything is on the church. When your government is not doing well, it's on the church. That is why one of the best decisions you would make in your life is the church that you attend. It's one of the best decisions. And that's why I never understand how people live as far as Songota, but go to work as far as Aja. But when it comes to going to church, they say it's too far. The institution that can change your life when the other institution failed. I never understand how people say they wake up 5 a.m. in the morning, head all the way to the office, get paid some money that will never be enough for you. And then when it's time for you to listen to the word of faith that can transform your orientation, it's either it's too far or I need to rest. Uh, you didn't like people have come. <laughs> so, let's talk about money. And when it's time to talk about money, people get very uncomfortable. But people would rather go to seminars where they would learn about money, but the person who designed money, they don't want to learn from him. And that's not a fault. That's not your fault. It's because the church doesn't talk about it. We don't talk about money. We don't talk about sex. We don't talk about love, marriage. The thing dealing with people. In this room, if we take a statistics, 80% of the people in this room are actually Christians because you want to blow. That's the truth. That's the truth. Many of you, your service to God is anchored on what he will do back for you. That's why when you come to God in prayer, there is a braggadociousness. Lord, I served you. Lord, I gave. Lord, I gave. Lord, I this. Think about it. If I send you to Iceland, where there are how many million people there, and everything is there, many of you would not know God. Because the African church is anchored on the teaching of money and wealth. And that's not, there's nothing wrong. I'm not ashamed of that. I'm, because today we are going to teach money. So that we can reduce the number of poverty in the nation. But if you go to some of these countries, the teaching there is not money teaching. They are not asking you to believe God for light. Have you ever seen somebody in the West praying, Proto Spirit of God, I declare, speak upon the Nepa, lay your hands upon them, Panda, bring the light now, bring the light now. Have you seen that before? No. What they teach there is emotional messages that speaks to the emotions of people and how they feel. Go and check. Major pastors who have done major things in those nations speak to their missions. If I want to gather thousands of people to the new, it's, it's a pastor's gimmicks. I know what to do. 
I just need to print a big backdrop with a big flyer and say, where is my money going now? Or I say, Elijah fire, bring down my money. Or I say, money, 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 it's in your pocket. People will gather. And while that is great, we must begin to learn how to have teachings from biblical truth. Biblical insights on this subject that is major priority and the reason why many of you are in this church today. So are we ready? Thank you, Jesus. One of the major problems about money is religion. And it's religion because when we have teachings like this and we want to focus on money, two things are happening to the people on the pew right now. Two things. You are either in the category of people, or let me say three. You are either in the category of people who say, bring it on, Pastor. I want to hear this message. Or you are in the category of people thinking now they want to collect our money again because all they want to teach us is tithing and sowing. Or you are in the category of people that you are uncomfortable having money conversations or listening to anything money because you make it makes you feel it exposes who you are, which is the poverty side. And so you are very, you are very like, oh, I don't really want them to talk about this. And that's what that's really what happens sometimes. But today, I want you to open up your heart. I don't want you to have any bias. Be like that guy or that lady that wants to swim and you just need to relax and learn and unlearn. Are you ready? Thank you, Jesus. Now, let's talk about prosperity and that's where I will start from. What is prosperity? I'll start from there and I would begin to break things down one after the other. What is prosperity? What's happening with the keyboard? All right, please let's fix that quickly. What is prosperity? Because the theme of today's service is money bags. And we put there understanding kingdom prosperity. So let's start with the foundation of what is prosperity. And the simple definition meaning of prosperity is a successful, flourishing, or thriving condition, especially financial gains. Let me say it again. A successful, flourishing, or thriving condition, especially in financial gains. Now, we need to understand that the real word prosperity even the way it was coined out in Hebrew wasn't totally about money. And I'm sure many of us know that. That prosperity is not just money. Because I know that every time we mention prosperity in church to believers or to our Christian faith and Christian community, 
The moment prosperity is heard, what comes to your mind is money, 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 money. But that's not all that there is to prosperity. But for the subject of our focus, for the focus of our subject, whatever, this month, the focus is on money. But prosperity means so many things. Because you can be prosperous in your soul. That's why scripture says even as your soul is prosperous. Prosperous. Prosperity is also in your health. Even in your mental capacity. So it's not just money alone. So there is health. There is money. There is joy. There is peace. There is health. There is mental development. But amongst all of these areas of your life that God wants you to be prosperous, and guess what? God wants you to be prosperous in every area of your life, excluding none. God doesn't want you to be prosperous financially and broke spiritually. God doesn't want you to be prosperous financially and broke health-wise. God doesn't want you to be prosperous financially and broke in your mental capacity and development. And so prosperity is the combination of all of these things that gives one a successful, thriving life. But for the sake of this teaching, we are going to be focused on money. How many of you want money in this church? You see, spiritual people, some spiritual people will never be rich. It's not a curse. They will never be rich. They are too spiritual for social relevance. They will never be rich. Because the only thing they want to do is to make it to heaven. I want to make it to heaven. And when you get to heaven, they will not be put together because of what they will meet there. Because while we are having fun in heaven, they will still be somewhere hiding. And instead of them to be chopping life and enjoying themselves and giving David high five and, you know, party after party in heaven, dancing and singing with the Lord. Now, as I said, party after party, some of these days, I'm going to pop champagne in heaven. They will be so earthly poor that their poverty will transit to heaven. So when they get to heaven, they will sit in one corner. When we are having fun, they will not touch the street of gold. Though. Ah, touch care. Because they are spirits. They will just say, eh, thou shalt not touch any sinful thing. And that's the same way it is even in church. When money matter starts, or when it comes to conversation about money, we are very put together. But not this church. So let me say it again. If you want more money, raise your hands. Very good. So let's talk about money. Now, what is money? A simple definition says right here that money is a commodity accepted by general consent as a medium of economic exchange. I say it again, it's a commodity accepted by general consent 
as a medium of economic exchange. Now, before we start talking about money, because there is a misconception, and what I want to do this morning is a huge warfare. And what I mean by warfare is the first work that I need to do this morning is to create a new orientation in people's mind where money is concerned. And what we would call a kingdom orientation where money is concerned. Because you see, many people, once we hear about money, the first thing that comes to our mind is devil and Satan. Listen to me. The devil did not create money. The Bible says in the book of Psalms chapter 24, it says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The words and they that dwell therein. God himself created these things. That's why I sang that song. For thou hast created all things are for thy pleasure. All things they are and were created. Now if you open again to the book of Psalms 50 verse 9. Psalms chapter 50 and verse 9. It says, I will take, I will not take a bull from your house, nor goats out of your folds. Next verse, verse 10. It says, For every beast, give me the King James Version only, until I say otherwise. It says, King James, it says, For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. And so when we talk about money and prosperity and riches, the foundation of that thing that we don't like talking about in church was created by the person who gathers us in church. God. Open again with me to Agai chapter 2 and verse 8. Agai chapter 2 and verse 8. It says, The silver is mine and the gold is mine, saith the Lord. The silver is mine. The gold is mine. What I'm trying to do this morning is to establish and remove or blot out the religious mindset where money is concerned. And I'll tell you, I don't want to go ahead of myself. Don't let me go ahead of myself. Let me just continue. Because you see, in many years before now, there was this thing that people used to say as as poor as a church rat. And so the church was synonymous to poverty. And Christians were synonymous to poverty. And there were certain doctrines and certain teachings that actually attributed the facts and also complemented some of those truths to let it look as though the moment you are talking about money, you are a sinner. So they say, let us live between and just live and just make it to heaven eventually. But let me say this to you. God is involved in money. is the creator of money. And guess what? He wants you to have money. I'm going to say some very hard things. And I know we are in church this morning because the Lord told me to teach on these things. Listen. You are more useful to God and to the devil when you have money. Let me say it again. You are more useful to God or to the devil when you have money. That's the truth. But there are teachings and images. And let me tell you something. 
Be careful of the images that are lifted in your heart long enough. Be careful of it. Because that, those images have a way of confiding you and making you believe that that is the truth of everything. And that's why one of the biggest movements, even in the Christian faith in Africa, propagated a gospel that made us small, yet big by God, but we remain small. And God says in his word, you can light a candle and put it on a bushel. You are the salt of the world. A city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. But when we talk about money, everybody goes quiet. And then we run to seminars. And that's why I always say this. Don't start reading jargons and books when you've not read the Bible before. Stop reading those jargons. They are good. But you see, when you read the word... And you understand the word when you go to those seminars, when you go to those books, when they begin to tell you the usefulness of money and why you should have money, you can balance it with the word that we know why we have money and the purpose of money and why we need to have money. Why we need to have money. Zechariah chapter 8 and verse 12. Zechariah chapter 8 and verse 12. Thank you, Jesus. It says, For the seed shall be prosperous, the vine shall give our fruit, and the ground shall give our increase, and the heavens shall give their due, and I would cause the remnant of the people to possess all things. Next verse, verse 13. And it shall come to pass. All right, that's it. So, you can see God's mind where money is concerned. Now, let's begin to take a journey. And I'm not going to worry in this teaching. One step at a time. Just like we did righteousness and how we did love last month. Now, let's take it one step at a time and look at God in relationship with money. The first time man was created, the first word that came out of God's mouth to man, because you need to understand that the words of a man, the first words of a man, and the dying words of the man are the art of the man. So the first few words in the mouth of God to man, the moment God created man was found in the book of Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. So let's look at it. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. God says, let us make man in our own image after our likeness. Look at this. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. The next thing you saw of God's conversation with man was God started to bless man. He says, be what? Blessed. Number two, be what? Fruitful. Number three, be what? Multiply. Number four, subdue. And number five, have dominion. Of what? The heavens? Come on, child, let me hear your response. Of what? The heavens? Of where? Now, have a dominion of the earth. Who has dominion in Europe now? Talk to me now. Who has dominion? Why? Talk to me. How much are those nuclear power? 1K? You need economic power to own things like that. So when God says, let's have dominion, 
he was also talking about economic power in that thing because you cannot have dominion if you don't have the economic power too many religious minds they are fighting what I'm saying they are fighting it and you will remain the way you are if you keep fighting it have dominion subdue the earth let me tell you something the next thing you saw in the perpetuating of the blessing of God on the earth was the man Abraham Genesis chapter 12 leave your father and your kindred to a place I will show you look at the next thing God said to him I will do what to you talk to me church I will do what I would bless you I would make the great nation do you know what it means for a nation to be great the greatness of a nation is the economic power of the nation that's why America you say is the greatest nation on the earth why economic power the budget of Africa the whole Africa GDP it's about three point something trillion dollars put together four companies in America four Apple Google Facebook and Microsoft that is their income that's the total of Africa just the four in America it says I would make thee a great nation do you know what it means to make thee a great nation the greatness of a nation is found in the economic power of the nation says and I will bless you when God says I remember the earth is the Lord and the fullness of the world that they that were during if he says I will bless you it means I will give you everything I will bestow all that I have to you it says I will make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing which is the last thing now if you don't have economic power how can you be a blessing Because there are issues advice cannot solve. <laughs> there are some issues advice cannot solve. Let me tell you a story. A friend of mine just told me something. It happened. He told somebody to come to see him. The person was going, went there, got there early. Traffic, they are set the meeting. <laughs> uh, poverty is a bad thing, you know. They have said the meeting since the guy has come 9 a.m., for example. The guy was waiting. This other person is a rich person. Waiting. He was already getting angry. I have other meetings now, getting angry. So he took him to one hotel. That was where they were. A very nice hotel. So he told the barman, first give him drink. You know, there are some, there are some, there are some things that you sip. The anger just begins to calm down. You know, there is AC and there is weather. There are two different things though. AC and weather. Weather is that one outside. AC is the one that used to chill. Enter a car that has AC and enter a bus that don't have. Tell me your experience. May God punish poverty and his family friends. <laughs> now, the scene you see with Abraham was the blessing. And the blessing is not a superficial thing. It's not something, it's not smoke. The glory of God is not smoke. The glory of God is not cloud. Spirituality means that we bring things in the intangible to tangible. 
Now, the next thing you saw again was with a guy called Moses. Listen, oh, look at what God did. The Egyptian at the time were the world power of the nation. They were the ones that could put everybody into slavery. World power. God then said, you have been slaves with these people for the longest time. When you are going, Exodus 11, tell your, the Israelites to go and borrow gold and silvers and precious things from the Egyptians and they will give it to you. Now, why did God say they should go and collect? Because that's what we call wealth transfer. What was God saying to go and collect that thing from them? Why? To just be showing that he, 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 they've collected it. No. So they use it to build their nation. The money there, the gold, the silver was to build the nation. That is why till today, Israel was built upon some of those things that was taken. Even the Israel that you see today. Israel is one of the strongest economic power. Even when it comes to nuclear weapons as well. No nation touches those people. It's a no-flight zone. Power! If God didn't think it was important, he would say just live in peace and not in pieces. Now, this is the one many people that say, okay, da 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 in New Testament, but Jesus did not really say about money. Calm down. We are in this journey together. In Luke chapter 4, verse 18, open it all so that you can see. Luke chapter 4, verse 18, because God will punish poverty today. Amen? Jesus was reading out his manifesto. His manifesto. His seven-point agenda. His manifesto. The first thing he says is, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has what? Anointed me to what? You didn't read it. Read it again. He has anointed me to do what? So in Jesus' vision statement, the first thing there was to speak to poverty. The first thing, Jesus himself, the first thing he was talking about here, the gospel to the poor. And you see, contrary to popular belief that Jesus was poor, that's what you call fallacy, rubbish, jargons. Because you saw Passion of the Christ, him wearing white, and they removed his clothes. Say, ah, through his poverty, now became rich. Because people didn't understand that scripture. I'm going to come there. You see, one of the things you must learn how to do is not to take things hook, line, sinker, fisherman, and his fishing pole. You must go to the word of God for yourself and study to show yourself approved. Now, Jesus had a currency that many rich people have and that's what they spend. You, you spend money but what rich people spend is what we call goodwill. You are not ready for this teaching. Jesus had goodwill both on earth and in heaven. It's a currency. That is why there was never a time. You see, 
if Jesus was broke, Jesus would not have somebody who is keeping money for them. Do, do, do broke people have savings? Do they have not just savings, do they not have somebody that is working for them that is keeping the money? No. He had goodwill. And you will see that in many places, even when they were stuck with 5,000 people to feed. Goodwill. Five loaves of bread to feed the Father. Goodwill before heaven. Even on the earth, there was time for them to pay tax. Go to the mouth of this place now and remove the money from the fish. Jesus said, foxes has nest. The son of man has no place to lay his head. Where was he when he was making that statement? Whose house was he going to? If Jesus wanted to sleep in anybody's house, he would sleep there. Because they were gathering to follow him. Do you know what it means? They were all talking and following him. So if he says, today I want to sleep, I want to, before I even start miracle, I want all your food. Would they bring it or not? So Jesus was not broke. Let me tell you something. No kingdom agenda is financed through poverty. Because kingdom agenda is one billion. Poverty is zero. One billion times one, one, um, time zero is zero. No. And so you see that through Jesus. Now then, open your Bible with me. There's too much to say. To Ecclesiastes chapter 7. I'm still even doing preamble. I've not entered the message. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 12. Please, let's celebrate. There's a pastor, Pastor Verney. I hope I got that correct, sir. Verney. All the way from um, the Life Church in Liberia. Come on, let's celebrate him, sir. Thank you, man of God. Thank you. You know, um, it's, it's, it's been following me online. We met online, sent me a message, and just been talking. And he, I mean, he's in Nigeria, and he said he wanted to come to just min, um, fellowship with us. You know, so God is sending our lamb to the ends of the earth. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Thank you. All right. Now, Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 12. Let's read it together. One, two. I didn't read, write this, so it was God. Though. One, two, ready and read. Full stop. Don't, st- don't go for that. Pastor Daddy, come. Watch this. I'm going to act to give, like I want to give you a blow and you defend it. But let one hit you. One must hit you. No, no, it doesn't have to hit you. But watch this. Watch this. Have you been planning to fight me before? Watch this. You see that? Watch it again. Alright. Block it this time. Watch. That's good. You see that? You see that? <laughs> when life problem comes, money does what? When, when, when school fees come, money does what? 
Money is a defense. Now, what is going on around the world now? Who is defended? Russia. Because the reason why they can burn, they can choose to burn, is because they have what? Money and nuclear power. Money is the defense. You see, money shields you. And that's why, let me tell you something. People say, have wisdom. Wisdom that you have that doesn't translate to substance is idea that cannot be executed because it has no money backed in it. The best ideas in the world are not the ones that you see you. The best ideas in the world are the ones that have money back in it. Because there are boys somewhere in Idumota that has a better idea than Facebook. But they don't have money like Facebook. That's why you're about to say, Olobon Soro, Talika alone like that. Get out from here. The best ideas are not the ones. Do you know how many ideas are in this room? Because the world only shows you what money brings <laughs> you see I'm just taking this conversation small small because I don't want to rush it we are doing preliminary today thank you PD PL. so money is a defense what does money do number one money finances ideas don't write it down I'm just talking don't write it down money finances ideas if you have ideas and you don't have money you have nothing now, can you trade idea and just say, I have idea, I have idea, I have idea. That's why the tech bros, when they have their idea, they look for what? Investor. Because if the idea remains idea, it remains poverty in your mind. It's only money that can light up the way. Even with ministry. Go, go, go under the bridge where the people that are standing and say, Jesus is Lord. If you don't serve him, if you don't come to him, you die. Jesus is Lord. Now come to the new or some of these churches. How are you feeling? Go and check through the scriptures. Everybody God was going to perpetuate blessing with, he gave them money. In fact, the temptation of Jesus, if you read it in verbatim way, through the eyes of the Spirit, it was about riches. That is why the Bible says in Revelation 5 verse 12, that he has done what? Receive glory, honor, power, and the blessing. Say with a loud voice, what is the Lord that was slain to receive power and what? was riches wealth to receive power riches and wisdom strength honor glory and the blessing money finances beliefs yeah do you know why the gospel in africa is going fast because there's money to finance the belief of it 
Money finances beliefs. Let me tell you something. Look at this. I read a research on Wednesday. I just shouted when I saw it. That in America, they did a research and they will not let you hear that one. No. They took about a, a doctor, it took about 500,000 people and they were doing a research on this lesbianism and gay thingy. And what they had done was that they randomly, with random samples, selected 500 people, 500,000, pardon me, 500,000 people. Is that the alarm of God? And when they did that research of 500,000 people, they then found out, because they were trying to find out in that research, the objective of the research was to find out if there were people who were born as gay. Like they gave birth to them as gay. And when they did that research, random sampling, they found out that nobody out of the 500,000 people was actually born as gay. That information was killed by a center. Could not go out. Because the scientist without money is a philosopher. Why is Coca-Cola the biggest brand in the world in terms of beverage? They spend yearly $1.5 billion on research. You can never find the secret of Coke. Pepsi can only try. They won't get it. Because there's money. So, scientists can science. But if there's no money to bring out the fullness of the scientists, it's only philosophy and quoting, quoting words. That thing was killed. Why? There was money to cover that agenda up. You see why you need to have money as believers. So, money finances beliefs. I'll give an example. Do you know till tomorrow, in the days of just till tomorrow, many people still believe that Jesus never resurrected till tomorrow. Because when the guards saw that Jesus had risen, they went to meet them. They said, shh, 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 let's close this thing up. Let's tell the people that they came to steal his body away. The people he went to meet were influential people. Influence means money because influence is also a currency like goodwill. So they had money. So money was one of the tools that they used to suppress the resurrection that Jesus actually raised, right, raised, got, um, raised back to life. Okay, what did they use to negotiate your Jesus is Lord? Our Jesus is Lord. What was on the table? Judas Iscariot went to give who money? It was money that was the exchange. So money was the purchasing power for our Lord and Savior. Money. <laughs> Let me tell you something. God understands money. Jesus understood it. What killed Judas Iscariot? He took the money, threw it away, and went to kill himself. Money. When the Bible talks about the love of money is the fruit of all evil, it's not asking you not to have money. Because many people just read that and say, love of money. 
the love of money will be a fruit of all evil is what happened to Judas Iscariot which means that you exchange your soul for money that's what Judas did he let go of his bishopric just because of money so money finances beliefs money finances agendas I don't want to go into all of those but you understand what I mean most of the agenda that we are all talking about today even the one that we are talking about black lives matter gay rights lgbtq and if you are gay here we have no condemnation for you we love you but we stand on the word of god the word of god is true and if you're here as a loving family we are happy to help you we're happy to talk through you on it and there is deliverance in God for it. Hallelujah. For thou art created. Because male and female, he created Eden for his pleasure, not them. That's not what he created. For thou art created. All things they are all right. Let me run. So, money finances agendas, money finances love. Let's keep going. <laughs> All right. Money finances love. Now, what is poverty then? I'm taking my time. This message is I'm not even rushing. I'm actually still, I promise you, and my time is up. I'm actually still in preliminary. Like I've not entered what God showed me. I've not entered it yet. But I'm not running. I'm not in a hurry. Because this money. You shall have it. Because Yahoo boys amongst themselves, amongst themselves, they didn't plan to go to club. One just said, I'm not going to go club now. More does they go. They will enter club and they will, amongst themselves, they will donate 10 million and waste 10 million on drinks. And when you tell believers, want to buy speaker, do you know if you give to God? The power of God will move. Okay, now give. Would you give? If you don't give, you will die. What is the problem now? There's no money. You will have this money. You know why nobody in the world can talk to Putin now? Economic and economic power. I prophesy. Play, play the key for me. A time is coming in this nation, said the Lord. A time is coming in this nation that believers will gather together and we would raise billions to fund governors 
presidents that would go and do the work of the Lord there. And this generation will make it happen. Rejoice in the Lord for that. Rejoice in the Lord. Sit down. Let me tell you when it comes, even when it comes to government, governance, it's a game of poor and rich. That's it. The poor does the voting. The rich directs their hand to the voting. Yeah. The poor will be doing voting. Because most of us don't go out to vote. The people who have the money would fold the agendas. And that's why one individual can have an ammo tank or what they call that bullion van in their house. Money. I watched that King of Boys movie when she came to give envelope to RMD. The smile changed. You know, money has a way of just making you happy. You can have the dance on your own money. Now, working professional, how do you feel when you get your salary? All of a sudden, the things you've not eaten in two weeks, you just start going to, you just start buying everything. It's the effect of money. It's a defense. You will have this money. Listen, listen. No longer would believers be shy about money conversations. No more. Not as your pastor. You will have this money. So poverty is in two phase. Pick your face now. There is what we call absolute poverty. Absolute. Which means the basic needs of life as basic as what to eat you don't have. That's absolute poverty. Most of you in this room cannot be in that category. Or let me say most of you in this room are not in that category. The basic needs of life, what to eat, what to wear, what to drink, basic. Now, there is another one called relative poverty. Let me explain it to you. You enter into a shoe shop. Shoe. Shoe. As you enter it, something that is good is looking at you. You are not the one looking at it all. Because you know, good things stare at you. They have a funny habit of eyeing you. Good things. They are very bad behaved. Especially if you to like good things. They don't be eyeing you. So you enter into the shoe store and you see a very nice shoe there. And you say, point and kill. And they bring it to you. And you wear it. You know now how you wear it. Look at this. Look at the mirror. Then you now remove it. They say, how much? Then they say, $4,000 only. Then all of a sudden, the joy of the shoe just disappears. What is it? Why will I wear a shoe 4000 
when there are people die is a lie it's poverty oh. nobody's dying oh. nobody's dying in the nations though it's poverty now why didn't you say when you went to buy food of 200 250k and um, 200 naira or 2005 why did you say there were people dying in the nations is relative poverty which means you are poor to a degree of what you can afford to a degree that's why many of us our parents it's not that your dad is an angry man no. unless the truth of God is not really an angry man it's just that there's no money because poverty brings anger do you know that what's going on in this house what's happening how are you people in this house Baba Farabale is money. That's that's and let's be honest. How do you feel when you start seeing debit alert on your phone? How do you feel? You just be angry. I was <laughs> this week may credit alert be more than debit alert. <laughs> See how people they <laughs> Everything don't debit here and they debit. So there's what we call relative poverty. And it's on a level. It means you can afford certain things, but you cannot afford it in a comfortable way. Divorce poverty quickly. Poverty is not in the kingdom. See, it is not righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. There was no poverty included. Not included now. Then the Bible says in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8, 18, verse 8. Deuteronomy, chapter 18, and verse 8. This generation would 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 have this money and we're going to teach about how because what we what we sometimes teach about is the need to but we don't talk about the how so we're going to talk about the how now they shall have their portions to eat next verse um is the one who gives us power to get wealth i think it's Deuteronomy 8 18 Deuteronomy 8 and verse 18 quickly media look at this it says for thou shalt remember thy God, for is he that giveth thee. Now, can somebody give what they don't have? So who has the wealth? It's not the devil that owns the wealth. Let me teach you something. Let me teach you something. Post that scripture, but let me teach you something. Because what many times we say the devil that owns the wealth, it's a lie. It perverts what God does. Now, listen to this. Your calling is decided by God nobody can do anything about that the devil doesn't have a power over your calling he cannot decide your calling but the propagation of your calling and the, man, the multiplying of that calling in terms of substantiating it he can do something about by defending and objecting and refusing for you to be able to do it that is why the devil doesn't want money in the hands of believers because money is good until it gets into a good or bad hand. So there's nothing called good money or bad money. Money is good. Say after me, money is good. 
money in the hand of a bad person is bad money in the hand of a good person is good so money is good it says but thou shalt remember the Lord God for he is the one that giveth thee power to get wealth now look at what he's saying here that he may establish his covenant he has swore unto thy fathers in this day now listen to this scripture because sometimes we read this scripture without understanding it babe please come let me use my wife for the first time as example ah no 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 don't run don't run just Watch this. Now, guys, watch this. If I tell my wife that, babe, during our marriage um, covenant, when we are doing our wedding and the priest is joining us, our vows, and in my vows I write that, babe, I vow that I am going to give you, as you've married me, $5 billion. $5 billion in that vow and then skip down I give her a timeline in the vow and then I don't do it have I fulfilled the vow I haven't but if I do it have I fulfilled the vow so he says I have given you power to get wealth that I may establish my covenant that I have swore to my father now can God lie Has the vow been fulfilled? Yes! Because the moment Christ died, the blood that was shed was the vow being fulfilled. Because the highest form of vow is the blood covenant one. And the moment Christ died, it has already been done. Now the problem is this. There is signal in this room to tune into Radio Nigeria. But if you don't bring out your phone and tune it, you will never know there's no Nigeria in this place. So the problem is not that God has not done it. The problem is we. It's never God. It's we. That's why scripture says that Christ has blessed us with what? All spiritual blessing. But it can never remain as a spiritual blessing alone. Hanging in the air in the realms of the spirit. The might of your spirituality is how to take things that are in the realms of the spirit and bring it to the physical. Yeah. So the swearing with the Father was fulfilled by Christ. Now, guess what? He then says, that this covenant has now been established on better promises. So it means that the covenant of Abraham is even a low level one. Open Deuteronomy 28. Open 28. Verse 2. All these things you are about to read out loud now. God is saying is small. Because you are establishing our own is in Christ on better promises. Look at this verse 3. Verse 3. It says this. God was talking about the blessing here. Let's read it together, everybody. One, two, ready and read. Blessing shall thou be in the city, and blessed shall thou be in the field. Blessed shall thou... Next, next one, two, ready, read. Let's read together. 
Blessed shall the fruits of thy body and the fruits of thy ground, the fruits of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind. Blessed shall thy basket and thy store. Blessed shall thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shall thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall cause thy enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee many ways. The, bless, the Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouse, in all that thou set thy hands upon, and he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord has given thee. The Lord shall establish thee as the only people unto himself as he has sworn in this day. If thou shalt keep the commandment of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways. He's saying that this one is smaller one, Seth. The one with Christ is established on better promises. Somebody say better. Thanks, babe. Thank you. Please put our hands together for Somebody say better. Somebody say better. I know for some of you, your religious mindset is fighting. It's fighting what I'm supposed I'm saying. Say it very loud, better. Now, say it very loud, God wants me rich. Say it very loud, God wants me very rich. Say it very loud, it is God's will for me. It's God's purpose for me to have plenty, to have more, to put in store, to give away. I'm blessed. Now, let's establish also the fact that you have been blessed. Say it very loud, I'm blessed. Because there's one thing I always say. The reason why believers fight this prosperity money issue is because they believe in the power of the curse than the power of the blessing. I remember when we were growing up, my late mom then will be downstairs. And you know now, in those days, the Milo, the Bon Vita, they are always in the dining table. How many of you understand? Remember? I keep it there. I've shared this before. The moment you open that thing, my mom is upstairs though. You know the way when you want to open Milo, you know the sound. She's upstairs. We are downstairs. She will hear from the top. She'll start shouting in your back, Junior, Mark Padilla, hey, Junior, hey, don't finish it, hey, hey. You see, there are reactions that you will not react if you had more. Yeah. And the problem is, what you see the most, you become. Yeah. What you see the most. I grew up until things started to change. I mean, my elder sister is here this morning. We grew up pushing car. It was, I, mean, I know most of you, your father was very, very rich. That's why, you know, you went to Unilag and OAU because your father was very rich. So, very rich. Father's very rich. That's why he went to... I know somebody say, no, my father is very rich. a billionaire. They just wanted to teach me sense. They lie. They did not have money. They did not have money. Harvard. Do you know why people go to Harvard? I was sharing with the leaders the other day. In their pamphlets or their booklets, they say 60% of our graduates 
are millionaires. 30% are billionaires. When you go there, you are likely to prosper than to fail. There are some Nigerian you know, schools. You are likely to fail than to prosper. <laughs> Glory to God. So you've been blessed because the image that you see, many people are still stocked up in an image of lack. You're still stocked up in an image of, of not having enough. You still put big deal. Somebody goes through London and it's still big deal. Let me smell London body. It's poverty. London body. <laughs> if you tell somebody, go to Dubai on holiday, some people feel like all these favorites of life. See, if you touch life, sweet life, you will never want to touch poverty again. It's because you have not taken. You know what David said? He said, taste and see. He was taste and see. The Lord is good. You taste it. What you have been tasting that you are saying the Lord is not good is poverty. If you taste it, you will say for yourself, ah, ah, Abba, the Lord is good. The Lord is good. All the time. That's the meaning. All right. I have to close. But before I close, let's talk about Jesus. Open with me to Proverbs chapter 10 verse 22. NIV. Ephesians 1, 3. Christ has blessed me with all spiritual blessings. So you have the blessings... So the problem is not you are not blessed Say after me, I'm blessed The problem is not that you are not wealthy You are wealthy, say I'm wealthy Say I'm rich I'm very rich But what we now need to do Is to translate it here on earth It says the blessing of the Lord Brings wealth And has no trouble to it It brings wealth I sense people are praying something out in the spirit here. Every wrong image that limits the possibilities of God in your life. Every wrong, because you see, God could not do any mighty work with the life of Abraham until he took him and showed him the stars and showed him the skies and showed him the sands and then he said to him so shall thy seed be he couldn't produce the seed of the earth because images are many times fixated in your mind for the devil to use to stop you from getting into a new phase of your life so in the name of Jesus and in the authority of Christ I crush and crumble every image of poverty every image of lack every image of want that is resisting this message in your mind in the name of Jesus because some things will hold people because of poverty some people never believe that giving 1 million or 10 million to church or to your to kingdom work it's just ah ah why will you give that kind of ah ah poverty thank you Jesus who is like 
unto thee. Lift your hands. Oh Lord, who is like told you that Jesus was sold with money. The temptation of Jesus was about riches. The person who retrieved Jesus' body, can you see money even in the ministry of Jesus? Money. The person who retrieved Jesus' body was an influential person. Was someone who had money. Can anybody just go and meet them and say, I want the body of Jesus? Why did they give Jesus' body to the guy? Can you see money required for the gospel? Even the process of Jesus' death, the jar of alabaster that was broken. When she broke the thing, they scattered. Ah, ah! You know what? You know the estimation where Bible scholars say about that, that jar of alabaster? In millions of dollars in this time. They say, ah, yeah, look at what you have broken. The poor would always be amongst you. What she's done is the right thing. Money. That also was the last major act to the cross. Money. I said to you also, the story of resurrection was changed. The narratives was changed by money. And so believers are taught not to study about money, not to read about money, not to know about money, but just believe one day the world transfer is coming one day hope deferred make it the heart sick one day wealth will come one day one day one day one day it go better it go better it go better it go better for me the future is not in one day the future is here so let me show you a mystery please bring that board for me I know my time is far gone but I can see people don't want me to close. <laughs> Jesus said that you can't serve God and mammon. Many believers have thought it as don't touch money. That's not what he was saying. God and mammon. You see, the word mammon was actually a god in Syria. Because they actually started what you call the money banking processes that many of us see today in those days. But what God was saying, what Jesus was saying in that scripture, is not, not having money, is the serving of money. Because you are supposed to send money on error, not money to not you serving money. Money is supposed to serve you, not you serving it. Now here is the problem why Christians don't have money. 
I will show you something and we'll close the service. Because you must have that money. And I will make you very uncomfortable <laughs> because I will talk about it a lot more. Amen? Let me tell you something. When we talk about kingdom agenda, there is no kingdom agenda without kingdom funding. Yeah. There's money required to do that thing. Everybody in the Bible got used. God put resources their way. Now quickly, this is the problem. Why believers, spiritual people, don't have money? Are you ready for this? Open your Bible with me to Genesis chapter 126. Genesis 126. God says, because of time, let me worry. He says, let us make man in our own image. Now, is God man? Does God have a body? Does God, do God, does God have a body? No. When he was talking about let's make man in our own image in that scripture, he was actually referring to the spirits. Now, in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7, let me show you. Genesis 2 verse 7, because until we have an understanding of these three, this is where the missing link has always been. It says, and the Lord formed man of the dust of the ground, which is speaking of the body, this first one, and breathed into his nursery the breath of life. Then man became a living soul. And the Lord formed man. The first thing there, the formation of man, was the spirit of man. The second thing there is the body of man. The third thing right there is the soul of the man. So, as a man in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23 says, I pray that your whole spirit, soul, and body. So, we know that man is primarily a spirit. He has a soul and he lives in a body. Now, this three formation of man. Can I get another one that is clear? Thank you. Give me the... No, no, this... Watch this. This is the outer court or the outer side of the man. And let's call this the body. This right here is the soul. And this right here Is the spirit. I want you to follow me today and please don't miss this moment. The reason why you can be on the earth is your body passport because for you to be on this earth, you need the body. The soul is your, is where your imagination, your emotion, your will lies in. Ah, this thing is powerful. Follow me. Why your spirit is your interconnection 
between the earthly realm and the realms of the spirit. Now hear me. When it comes to money, wealth and riches, the problem has been that believers only think that as long as this place is fully charged and functioning and there is strong interconnectivity with this realm and the realms of the spirit, then I will have money. That is why you can see many people who are prayer warriors but very broke. Because money doesn't only answer to prayer and fasting. I want you to listen to me. This is why you can have people who are I'm going to break some things here because I know some of you have been taught some things. And you should give. But we have people who they say, I will just give and give and give and give and give. And one day I will blow. But yes, you broke. Because I'm going to teach about giving. But in this realm, there are certain functionality. There has to be a synergy with these three. In this realm, what the Spirit does, and that's why it's very important for you to pray and fast, there must be the prosperity of the body, soul, and spirit before wealth can show up. And I'm going to explain what I mean. There must be a prosperity. That's why scripture says that I wish that your word soul prospers. Do you know that there are many people here who have a prosperous body but a damaged soul? The soul is damaged. The, the emotions is damaged. The response to stimulus, to external opportunity is damaged. The imagination is damaged because the imagination they have is the one of lack and want and poverty, not the one that brings them into possibility. So I wish that your soul also prospers. That is why you can be praying and fasting, but you don't have accurate knowledge of the things of the earth that brings money. You will still be broke. So your spirit is the interconnection and what your spirit does is for you to break open supernatural opportunities when you pray and fast. Break open new channels and ultimately hear the voice of God because it's the one that will lead you besides still waters. Your spirit helps you hear the voice of God to opportunities. Your spirit helps you hear the voice of God to what to do. It helps you hear the voice of God to what people you should roll with, people you should talk to. And that's why your spirit, that's why the Bible says in the book of Revelation chapter 1, I think it's verse, uh, verse 4, it says, I was in the spirit on the last day. And he said to me, so you must, you are always in the spirit anyway. You must be able to hear the voice of the spirit per time to lead you to where you ought to go. But this place of the spirit must be robust. It must be prosperous. It must be rich. It must be fat. And how does it get rich? How does it get fat? By feeding it. By feeding it with the word of God. By feeding it with prayer and fasting. Because in this realm as believers, we go hungry to have more. Are you understand what I'm saying? Fasting and prayer. So your spirit must be rich. Your spirit must be able to pick signals of opportunities. 
how? Let me tell you a story. Thank you, Spirit of God. I had a story of a particular guy in in Ghana. I, I guess one of the richest billionaires in Ghana, a very young guy. It was um, Dr. Mensal Otabiu that was talking about this guy's story. He said the guy had a business, and in this business they were into um, diamond and things like that, but very small scale. One day, him and his partner, they built their, their, their business on God, like foundation was God's word, God's principles. So every morning they would pray. That's their custom in that business. You have to be a believer to join us. They will pray. One day, the guy just started to sense that he should leave Ghana and travel to Dubai. He just started sensing it. So he just, he just started feeling restless. And he was in his hotel room one day and the Spirit of the Lord said, leave Ghana and go to Dubai now. So he packed his bag and went. You see, there are many spiritual people who would not have economic value. Because that's why I shared something with the leaders the other day in my house. I said, if you put a guy who is Omowobe, <laughs> a secular artist, and you put a Christian artist side by side, who is likely to blow first? The secular guy. Why? The drive, the hunger, the passion, the, the greets. We believers, we don't have that. We wait on the Lord. Not knowing that God is waiting on you. God was waiting for who will step out and throw the stone against the Goliath. Goliath will fall. It, it wasn't just the stone. No. Goliath will fall. This guy went there and God told him where he, so he went to the hotel in Dubai. As he got there, real life story. I heard it from Pastor Mensah Lutabio. He went to the, the hotel to tell you how important your spirit is. Because let me tell you something. There is nobody, I dare say boldly, on this earth who is rich, who doesn't have a spiritual undertone to it. Either by God or by the devil. Because Jesus himself said, you cannot be cold or warm. Spider me. You cannot be neutral. You have to pick one side. And that's why I tell people, as a believer, is either you know God very well or you know the devil very well. It's 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 problem, yeah. It's problem to be neutral. That's the truth. And so this guy, I've never seen the new being this quiet before. Church is quiet. We are clap. Let's know that we are still doing it. <laughs> it means you are learning. So this guy went to the to that place and he sat down. Now, when he sat down, he saw this long chair of Emiratis. You know them, the white guys with turbans and all of those things. So he sat there. Number two lesson: believers will not do that. They are too conscious. As I stay here now, Holy Spirit, if I stay here now. Let boss come and meet me at this spot. If truly, haven't you done that before? If truly you are the Lord of hosts, let the boss park in front of me. The bus stop is there. See, there are some things your brain, God gave you a brain not for vacation. If he doesn't think you need a brain, he won't give you one. Our spirit must be more heightened than our brain, our mental capacity, yes. But you have a brain, use it. 
The bus stop is there. You are standing there. Eventually the bus will come. But people would have entered bus and gone. So the guy went in, sat there. Believers won't do that. They'll say, if you are the Lord, then let somebody call me inside. The guy went there and sat. Boldness. Have you gone to ICM before? Those boys that rap. Have you met them before? They will just come. Say, bros, bros, I shall be rap. Make I just give you one small line, small line. Yo, yo, B, the do, do, B, the tune, do, the boom, 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 B. Have you seen ever? Because that's the one that say, ah. Have you seen a Christian artist in Maryland Mall do that? For you, a glorious. They won't. I told a message. I'm going to teach it next week. God giving me a clearance to teach it. I'm going to teach it here in church. I taught the leaders on Sunday, on Tuesday, on, on, on Friday, called Serpents and Dove. Jesus said, I'm sending you amongst wolf, but you are sheep, but you have to be as wise as a serpent, but gentle as a dove. I'm going to teach it on Sunday. So your spirit, the guy went there, guess what happened? He sat down there boldly. The Emiratis guy who was the lord of everything saw the guy said, ah, this guy is not supposed to be amongst us and sent for him. So he went to meet the guy. Spoke to him. Said, what did... The guy brought out his card and said, this is what I do. He said, you are into diamond? He said, yes, but on a small scale. He said, for the longest time, my business is in this area, mineral resources. We have been trying to get into Africa and we have been looking for a partner we can trust. They partner together. The guy now is the number 15 richest person in Ghana. You see how that happened to the guy? His spirit. All the rich people you talk. Have you, have you watched Jobs before? The movie, Jobs. They were showing you some highlights in that movie. People didn't notice some of those things. A Kong Buddhist. Now, if you watch Jobs movie before, let me see hands up. If you watch Abejoye, let me see hands up. We have more people that watch Abejoye. Dagu, 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 There's no problem. I love those things too. But you know what Solomon said? He said, go to the ant and learn. Serpents and dove. I'm going to teach that thing. I'm going to teach that thing. So the spirit was heightened. That's why they could get that kind of information. The next thing is your soul. Your soul must be alive. With knowledge. We hope you were greatly blessed by today's message because God still has so much He wants to share with you. So stay connected every week to experience uplifting and life-changing moments in His presence.